Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Big emotions in creative living. It's a big, important topic, equally necessary for those who are just starting out in industry, seasoned professionals, and everyone in between. In this three-part mini-series dedicated to this topic, you'll meet four incredible women who are challenging the status quo when it comes to being vulnerable about their journeys in creative living. And while struggling with creative confidence is not something unique to women, through my own experiences and the many conversations I've had with others about this topic, it does seem to impact women in profound and disproportionate ways. I have been exploring the idea of creative confidence a lot in the last eight months, starting with moderating a roundtable discussion at RGD's Design Thinkers 2021 conference. It was here where I, ironically, nervously facilitated conversation surrounding the topic of creative confidence. I learned how prevalent and universal the feelings of self-doubt and imposter syndrome are in creative living through this roundtable moderation. This led me on a journey of exploration, purely for the reason that it was interesting to me and this resulted in an unplanned article for the RGD released in January 2022 entitled New Year, Newly Found Confidence, which shared my experiences with this topic and also what I learned through the vulnerable and heartfelt discussions with individuals at Design Thinkers. After the article was released to the RGD community, I was asked if I would speak about this topic at the 2022 RGD Creative Directions Conference in February, and I was so overjoyed to be given this opportunity. And it was here that I spent a lot of time thinking about and refining not only my observations and my experiences surrounding creative confidence, but also some concrete tools and techniques to help overcome some of the roadblocks holding us back from living our most brave, creative lives. It was around the same time that a really, really incredible opportunity presented itself to me. Domestica, a digital course provider and the largest online community for creatives, think LinkedIn Learning or Masterclass, but designed specifically for creative identifying people, they reached out to me. One thing led to another, and I pitched them the idea that I could create a course focused around this topic of boosting creative confidence. The course would be anchored in tools and techniques that I was developing, alongside scholarly research about the topic, the important conversations I'd been having, and my own creative confidence journey. It would be rooted in vulnerability a sort of meta experience whereby I was using all of these tools and techniques to help me boost my own confidence for teaching in a format that is so foreign to me, on camera, in a studio. I was approaching this not as an expert in the topic of creative confidence, but as someone who had found ways to reframe the challenges holding them back. 
They said yes to my unconventional idea, and that lit a fire right under me. And I began really diving deep at this point and developing exercises that I workshopped with my undergrad students about different topics in creative confidence. Things like imposter syndrome and acknowledging what we can control in creative work. Spoiler, it's only the process and not the outcome as well as accepting and even inviting failure into the process to walk alongside us. All of this was in the hope that I would help current and future students, as well as myself, reframe the way we approach feelings of self-doubt that inevitably arise as part of the creative process. For anyone who follows Talk Paper Scissors on Instagram, you may have seen a lengthy survey and an ask for help on a super secret project. The cat is now officially out of the bag and thanks to a diverse range of creative superstars who helped me refine my lessons and fill in the gaps that I was unable to see through my own lenses, you know who you are and I am eternally grateful for you. I'm just excited to share that I have returned from New York City where I spent three days filming original content for my first Domestica course. I can't wait to share more with you when it's released, but all is to say that big emotions and creative living are very top of mind for me right now, which is why I'm so excited to dive into this conversation today. The last thing I'll say about this right now is that a kind of big magic as in the Liz Gilbert, mystical, unexplained, brilliant happenstance that is wont to occur when we are open to the mysteries of creative living, followed me around New York City. I completely believe that the universe left a little trail of Easter eggs for me to find while I was away and communicated in my love language, books. I will save this strange and serendipitous story for another episode. Getting back to today's conversation, I am so excited for you to be introduced to The Scaries. In this first episode in this mini-series all about big emotions in creative living, you'll hear what The Scaries is all about, how it evolved, and the form it takes today. You'll hear the voices behind The Scaries, Nicola Hamilton and Leandra Cienci. We talk about the emotional realities of creative living, including regular feelings of self-doubt, and how the duo overcame burnout through their creative practice. We dive into imposter syndrome and fear and why giving our big feelings a voice is a huge step towards making them work for us and not against us. Let's get into it. Welcome, Nicola, and welcome, Leandra. I am so excited that you are here today to chat about big emotions in creative living. So I think the best place to start, perhaps, is kind of what is the scaries that both of you created? What What is the scaries in a nutshell? And who are the faces behind the scaries? Formerly, the scaries is a collaboration between myself, Nicola Hamilton, and Leandra Cianci. Uh, it's about exploring the emotional realities of making creative work and the emotional turmoil that the process inflicts on us. Less formally now, today, a few years into its existence, it's a creative project that's grown into a bit of an Instagram community. So me, myself, Nicola Hamilton, I'm an art director, graphic designer. I work primarily in magazines, which is actually how I met 
Leandra. Leandra was a designer at the same publication. It was her first job, right? Yeah, so I started in magazines with Nicola, but I um, eventually ended up going off on my own to be a freelance illustrator. So I work from home. I work by myself. Um, so it's great to have creative pals that I can chat with on the day to day. And Nicola is kind of my little partner in crime on that. <laughs> we are in constant communication. It's true. If I don't hear from you in a day, I'm like, mm, is everything okay? <laughs> But that's so much fun. I I know I have my kind of creative confidants as well who, uh, yeah, if I don't hear from them <laughs> every day or every few days, I'm like, hey, what's going on? What's what's happening? So it's neat that the two of you kind of have stayed in touch and built this community that you can both share and, and contribute to. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to know, though, how specifically did the Scaries get started? It started because we were both at a creative rut. We were not feeling great creatively. We were sort of like heading into 10 years into our careers. So sort of somewhere between seven and, and 10 years we've been, we've been working. Um, we were both really burnt out. We were finding ourselves getting really easily irritated with client work. <laughs> so the sort of client-based requests, the things that sort of push you away from your own instincts, they were starting to bother us more than they used to. I think it's something common um, that pops up and it is a sign of burnout, fun fact. But we were really down on ourselves creatively and we were experiencing a whole lot of self-doubt. And again, we are in constant communication. So we were talking about it pretty often and Leandra suggested something pretty cool to get us out of that rut. Yeah, I think we just needed to like totally switch things up and get a little bit away from that client work. Um, and do something just for ourselves. Um, and we wanted to try something that we both had never done before, just so that we could screw up and we wouldn't be too stressed about it and it would just be kind of for fun. So we actually did a screen printing class together. Um, and it was honestly just for fun. We didn't tell anyone we were doing we weren't like announcing this as some like big project we were doing um we just wanted to do it for fun for ourselves no brief no, nothing like that um and yeah so we did that class together and that's kind of when we first started talking about the scaries yes i think if you fast forward sort of a, a six months to a year i wish i remembered the timing a little better <laughs> Um, but if you fast forward six months to a year from when we'd taken that class, Leander and I realized we'd amassed a pretty decent body of work. So after that class ended, we actually rented some space to do some screen printing, to continue that practice, to work on some things together, to collaborate. And the intention was just to keep practicing, keep trying. And because we had enjoyed that sort of free time, free creative mm -hmm. time, if you will, so, so much. And we decided we wanted to show this body of work that we had. We wanted to share it. There's this like magic moment that happens when you make creative work where something feels finished all of a sudden. It feels right. And it feels like it doesn't belong to you anymore. Yeah. Um, and that. I was just going to say, and when, when we rented the space to do our own thing, we decided to collaborate together. We weren't just doing like our own separate screen prints anymore. We started doing each print 
together. Um, and it kind of took the pressure off in a way because we were kind of like cheering each other on and working on this project simultaneously. We were literally adding layers and layers to our prints. Um, so it wasn't just my work and it wasn't just Nicola's work. It was our project together, which was really fun. And I think that that was like a big part of it coming together. Again, so much of this is so easy to talk about in, in hindsight, but in the moment there was so many connections that we didn't, we didn't see or we didn't make. And so I think what Leandra's talking about where we were alternating layers, where we were sort of interpreting each other's previous layer and, and making sure that nothing felt like it was ours mm -hmm. and only ours and represented us as individuals in any way. It was, it represented the two of us. And because we are each other sort of biggest creative champion, that meant that whatever the other did was going to be amazing in whatever Leandra did was going to be amazing in my <laughs> eyes um, sort of deal. And, and I think some of those connections were things we can only see in hindsight. So for us, we were burnt out from creative work because we felt so unattached from our own voice. We'd gotten into this, this place of burnout where the kind of work you're doing is just in service of the client. It's just in service of the brief. And you've actually sort of lost touch with what it is you think is good work, what you think is interesting work. And that by, by making sure we took that pressure off of ourselves as individuals, it meant we could actually play without the pressure of it needing to be good work, if that makes sense. You are both speaking my love language right now. Play, taking the <laughs> pressure off, exploring, doing so with a friend, figuring it out as you go along, all of those things that, that you just mentioned. Uh, as you say, in hindsight, it's easy to say like, oh, look back at what we did and wasn't that easy and didn't that make sense at the time? But, or, or at the time, it can often be a lot messier, but exciting. And it was messy. And, and I will say that it was not easy. There were some days where we left the studio feeling like everything we, nothing we did makes sense. Everything we did wasn't great. <laughs> uh, we, we went and drank a glass of wine those days and talked about something else. Um, but, but it wasn't super easy. That self-doubt continued to creep in. And that is one of the other things we did as part of this project that again, in hindsight, we didn't know would have so much value, um, but we kept a shared journal where we collected our negative self-talk, all of the sort of self-doubt statements that we say to ourselves regularly. We're in a shared note. So was the other person responding to it. So after every session, we'd take a little journal, put a little journal entry in, and then we'd respond to each other's. And the responses were always sort of the cheerleader, right? Like, absolutely this is not right you are so much better than you think you are um, mm -hmm. sort of statements yeah and that became actually when we decided to share the work from that project that became a huge part of our little gallery show that we had um and when we came up with the idea of calling it the scaries um it kind of came from that negative self-talk and at our gallery show we created a big wall where everyone could add their scaries to the wall on a post-it note. And it actually became kind of the most fun part of that gallery show. Uh, I think that's the moment we realized this was gonna become more of a community uh, space because of how engaged everyone was with telling us their self-doubt 
and sharing it with everyone. Isn't it so interesting to learn about other self-doubt? Like there's some people who you see and you think and you see their work and you go, oh man, they have it all together. And I can't imagine what their process is like. It must be so different from mine. And and all of these things, these kind of this narrative that runs through our heads. And then all of a sudden they write something down on a sticky note, stick it on the wall and you go, oh, I'm feeling the exact same way. So it's so neat that you're able to build this community out of these kind of, I think what are, are uh, many shared mutual feelings in the creative process. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about that, um, I, I, Leander and I were quite nervous about the sticky note wall in the lead up to this gallery show. We really thought no one was gonna stick anything to it, no one was gonna participate, or if they did, they were gonna be inappropriate things we were gonna have to take down and monitor. We really weren't sure what would happen. And, and like Leandra said, it, it blew us away. It was so fascinating to see other people's experiences, to see the similarities and differences between folks' experiences. And I remember talking to my therapist because an important part of being a creative is talking to your therapist. I remember talking to my therapist after the show and, and saying, I'm just so surprised at how engaged folks were. She sort of stopped me and, and said, well, of course they were engaged. You built an environment, a physical space that was rooted in vulnerability. Everyone showed up, walked through that threshold and showed up the same way you were showing up for them. They met you where you were. And I think that that's such an interesting insight into the sort of experience of sharing our own creative internal conversation. And so why is creative living such an emotionally tumultuous endeavor. Why is creative living so hard? And why are these big emotions there? I think a huge part of it is just, it's the creative living and creative working become so personal. Um, I don't think all jobs are like that. So you kind of, I find, at least for me, everything you're making, even if it's for a client, you're also like, this is really representing me. Um, so that can be a lot of things, including like intimidating, or that's where you get that imposter syndrome, or um, yeah, it's just, I think that's the root of it. And especially because, um, you kind of have that feeling or that need to create when you're a creative person. So it's like, I have to do this, but also I'm scared to do this in a way. I think that's part of it. I think fear is a big part of it too. I think what Leandra just said about, I have this like deep rooted need to create, but, but doing so is scary because you are putting something you made out of nothing out into the world. And that's scary, right? There are not, not that many careers that require you to make something out of nothing and that that fear that that need to to show up and meet that fear and and push on anyways i think is the thing that makes it so tumultuous it's that moment of hi fear i see you and i'm gonna keep going anyways i think you both hit the nail on the head that there's like this deep-seated need that it like it's bubbling up it needs to come out 
But it's also terrifying as to what might come out and how people might react to that. And the fact that we can't control others' reactions to our creative work, we can only control the process and we can only control what we do. And I think earlier in our conversation, Nicola, you said that there's a point at which your work almost feels like it no longer belongs to you. It feels finished. It feels uh, complete. However, that what completeness means in creative work is a whole other conversation, but it feels complete. It no longer belongs to you. And you do some kind of release it into the wild, release it into the world where you lose the control over what happens to it and how people react. And I think there's a huge amount of fear there. I think there's also um, that moment of realizing that it doesn't belong to you is important. I think sharing unfinished work is even harder. As soon as it feels like it's finished, you then start to detach from it in a way, which makes the putting it out into the world a little bit easier. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I want to get vulnerable for a second. May we? May we get vulnerable? Okay. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's our favorite. So I, I just want to ask you both, like, do you have any personal examples of times when you felt that lack of confidence in your creative lives? And how then did you become more confident or how did you overcome that, that feeling? Um, for me, I think um, before we started the scaries, I was getting in a really almost like bad cycle with specifically Instagram but like social media and that whole comparison problem that I think we all have not just creatives like you know it has to do with everything um but you're seeing you know everyone's highlight real I found myself specifically looking at other illustrators looking at you know their big jobs their big clients that they were working with and um, just killing it <laughs> and I was really like spiraling in that and oh you know everything's been done before oh this person can do it better than me um, and really getting like kind of down on that and um, it was not feeling great and I would like text you know Nicola and our other creative friends and just be like I can't even look at Instagram anymore <laughs> like I don't even want to do anything um, I think one of the best things about the scaries for me was we, when we just took it offline, we weren't sharing anything, which I'm not saying, oh, you shouldn't share anything online. But for me in that moment, it was, it was really nice to get offline and just do our own thing and not feel like, oh, how many likes did that post get? Or, oh, no one even looked at that story or whatever. And just we purely were doing it for ourselves. And I think doing that really helped me get, get out of that kind of rut that I was feeling. That was a big one for me. Yeah. I think that was important for me too, to not be thinking about like, how am I going to present this to the world? <laughs> the scaries. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's our branding? Yeah. What's be? the narrative? <laughs> Uh, we built all of that later and and had all of the experience that we had and the hindsight of having completed it, which made for a stronger narrative, which is interesting. For me, I find this question of like, what was a moment when you felt really not confident 
every, every day. I think that there's a moment in my day, every single day where I feel like I am not equipped to handle this situation every day. Um, and I think recognizing those moments, like, okay, this is like a little out of my depths, acknowledging that I probably do have a lot of the skill sets and that I can, I can phone a friend. I can reach out to somebody who is better equipped than me to support me. So sometimes that's a colleague. Sometimes that's somebody completely outside. Sometimes that's a friend or a family member. You can always call someone and ask them for their insight. Always, always. And that's been something that's really helped me, um, sort of keep, keep my confidence in situations that feel a bit out of my depths. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing that. I completely agree with you, Nicola, in that it's like, okay, it's been an hour. Well, (laughs) 29 minutes of that hour were spent questioning this project or this ability or this whatever. But yeah, I I love the idea. And I can't remember where I heard this, this concept, forgive me, but the idea that we don't need a map or we don't need a GPS giving us turn-by-turn directions in our creative living or in our lives, for that matter, more broadly. Rather, we just need a compass. So it's this idea of just kind of being able to point your compass in the direction of your values and of your creative intuition and see where it takes you. And it's that kind of unfolding and that unknown that I think is part of the magic. Is it scary sometimes? Uh huh. Do you fail? Capital F fail sometimes? Sure. But where would the fun be if if there was turn left at whatever brief street? Then we would have all become accountants. Right? I guess that's what I'm describing. Those turn by turn directions are directions for accountants and 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 others who work on spreadsheets. Yeah, there, there are careers out there that are more easily mapped than a creative career. Um, careers that have existed for a lot longer than the career of illustrator or graphic designer. Sure, artists has been around a while, but these sort of professional commercial creative jobs are pretty new. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, I also going back to what you said, Leantra, uh, I l- love the idea that uh, of taking the I don't want to call it performative aspects of what you're doing, but the like having to show the world and be presentable and and understand that narrative and just kind of taking it offline and doing what you want with it and figuring it out in the dark in the background. To me, that is such an exciting, tempting space to be in. And before maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago, that's how we were all living our creative lives. And so it's just a recent switch, I think, that really it's it's this kind of showing up in a space where we're on stage at all times. And I don't know if that's the healthiest place for these big emotions to live. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny to think back to, like, when I was in art school, like, Instagram didn't even exist. And now it's like... Ah, you feel that urgency that you have to be or what your career is going to go down the tubes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I'd be so fascinated to ask an art student and I haven't done this um, and I should, but to ask them what that experience feels like to be learning all of those things for the first time and feel like you need to share it in some way. I imagine that's so much more pressure, right? We weren't being asked to share that kind of stuff 
on the internet until we had a complete final portfolio at the culmination of whatever program we were wrapping up. But now you're being asked to sort of share it in real time almost. Right. And sometimes it's not even just showing your final piece, but it's also showing the the progress or the process. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be very interesting to kind of pick the brains of current students to see their approaches to whether or not they share the, the feelings that come up behind sharing. Does that stop them? Does that, or, or maybe does that inspire them to keep sharing when they receive positive feedback? I don't know. There might be, there might be kind of both sides of that coin there. So I want to ask both of you next, kind of in all of this discussion we've had about kind of exploring the emotional realities of being a creative and sharing these kind of big emotions and building this community that you have built as part of the scaries, how do you think that helps others in the creative fields? Like ultimately, what do you believe is, what do you believe happens when you share? I think the biggest thing we've realized throughout the sort of genesis of this project is that the second you say a lot of these things out loud, you take away their power. It's way, way easier to reason with something that exists outside of your subconscious. So much easier. Everything makes so much more sense when it's not just in your mind and you are not dealing with it yourself exclusively. And so I think the more we sort of share our experiences, the more we start to understand what's common and what's not common. What I've had my students do recently, and I've just started kind of workshopping this exercise, but I've had them, so we talk about failure, and we talk about failure in the creative process, and one of the big things is is giving failure form. So what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What like what what is failure if we were to kind of paint a picture in our heads as to what that looks like? And then once they have this visual in their mind, uh, we then do an exercise where I ask them to invite failure into the process to walk alongside them and know that they are not failure, that failure and and who they are as a person are not the one and the same, giving failure form to say that, yes, failure can walk alongside you in, in a given moment, in a given process, in a given project, but ultimately you two are not the same. So it's been really interesting, like you say, once we give something, once we say it out loud or we give it form or we we kind of um, put it out into the world, all of a sudden it loses its fear and its power. Yeah, for sure. During, um, I guess, basically when the pandemic started, we started doing these Zoom um, scaries drawing classes. And they weren't drawing classes in the sense of we were teaching people how to draw. Um, but it was more of a, I'm not qualified for that. <laughs> it was more of a, um, let's all hang out and talk about our feelings. Literally, we, I think our last question in each of our drawing classes was always, um, let's draw our scaries. So it's, you know, very similar to what you're talking about. And I feel like after the class was over every time people were like, wow. I feel like a weight lifted off my shoulders almost from, you know, sharing that. And it, you didn't have to talk about it if you didn't want to, but even just writing it down or drawing a scribble on a page, you know, can help. 
So I have to ask, what did each of your scaries look like? They change all the time, depending on what we're up against. But both Leander and I definitely have ones that that pop up regularly. Uh, Mine are often, it's not good enough, which quickly becomes, I'm not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I feel that one too a lot. Um, Also, you know, for me, I talked about this already, but the you know, it's already been done or someone can, someone's done it better uh, is recurring. Um, But sometimes in our drawing classes, those would just show up as a giant scribble ball on a page. (laughs) So it would be fun to actually go back and look at all our drawings from those classes. I love that. That's really neat. And maybe that's a whole other project in and of itself, a whole little artistic endeavor as to what your scaries look like from from day to day not that either of you need more more work but there it is <laughs> so <laughs> so i i guess my my final question is are there any future plans for the scaries and where might this idea take you next it's such a great question and one we don't have an answer to <laughs> I think one of the things about this project, it started as something personal for Leander and I, and we maintain that that this is supposed to be an, an, an energizing and exciting space that's not supposed to feel like work. And so we tend to sort of let the amount of energy we put into the scaries ebb and flow, depending on what else is going on in our lives. We're in a little bit of a holding pattern right now because uh, we've got a lot going on. So uh, I am, I'm opening an independent magazine store in Toronto, a physical retail space, a thing I know zero about or knew zero about a year ago. So I feel very out of my depths in this endeavor. And Leandra has piles of her own going on too. Yeah, and uh, I have a little one year old on my hands. So <laughs> that's also kind of, uh, you know, put some things on hold for me but we always have the scaries in the back of our mind and are always kind of coming up with little ideas and it's so fun when we get you know messages on our Instagram or our website has a thing called the void where you can type your scaries in and just send it send it into the void um, which is it's so fun to check in on that and see you know what people are thinking so I don't know. You never know what's coming up next with the scaries. We randomly did a 30 day drawing project several months ago that it just felt like the right time to do it. So yeah, like Nicholas said, we kind of just go up and down um, with the scaries and like you said, kind of follow the compass of what feels natural to happen next. Yeah, we are so, so excited, though, to see sort of where it goes and and how this community continues to grow. It's such an amazing group of people, so supportive, so comfortable with their own vulnerability, so much sharing. It's so wonderful and not something we expected out of our like silly little art project at all. Um, and, And it'll be really fun to see what's next whenever the universe presents that opportunity to us. So hold on, let me get this straight. We've got a new business opening and a baby and there's no time to do anything else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, slackers. Our, like day jobs also, so. Right, 
Right. Naturally. That thing. That thing that happens every I mean, day for oh, you know that. Right. I mean, there's probably you know. an entire conversation to be had around the like multi hyphenated creative and this like innate desire we seem to have to do 18 things at once. I don't think that's I, just me, right? Uh, no, no, that is no, I, I, um, <laughs> my maid of honor at my wedding, uh, this was in her, her speech in her like maid of honor speech is that at one time, the maximum number of paying jobs I had was seven. And she was like, what, what, why is that a thing? And so, yes, it is not just you. It is not just you, Nicola. It is not just you, Leandra. It is, uh, yeah, that's a whole other episode. And maybe we can bookmark that when, uh, when, when we all have a little more time, if that ever happens. <laughs> We'd love that. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time today to to chat. And yeah, it's such a great, it's always a great opportunity just to talk about the realities, the emotional realities of being a creative and these, the, the challenges that exist for all of us. And like we've talked about uh, in the last several minutes, just once we once we say them, once we give a voice to these fears, to these concerns, to these realities, all of a sudden they have a, a little less power over our day to day. So I, I can't thank you both enough for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And, and to anyone listening who is experiencing any self-doubt in this particular moment, know that, that most of the things you're experiencing, someone else has experienced. If you follow us on Instagram at the dot scaries, there are piles and piles of posts from previous community members who have submitted things to the void or have participated in some of our workshops um, with their very hyper-specific pieces of self-doubt and, and seeing what everyone else is experiencing can sometimes help alleviate that fear. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thanks, Diana. Thanks.